Hello, and welcome to Noodle with us, a podcast for university decision makers, where we pull back Noodle's curtain and share what our own senior leaders are thinking about these days across a wide range of topics. My name is Vinay Ganti. I am the SVP of strategy here at Noodle, and our plan is to release episodes regularly where I interview experts within the Noodle family. Leading into two upcoming events. First, the Leadership and Higher Education Conference that's going to be held in Orlando, Florida on October 12th to the 14th, as well as the Educause Annual Conference that's going to be in Chicago from October 9th to the 12th. It's hard to ignore the centrality of technology and its importance in all things education today. And for those reasons, we have on the podcast today, Alan Milnick our Chief of Technology Solutions here at Noodle. Alan leads our team, which designs and configures the tools and technologies used to deliver an exceptional student experience from marketing to graduation. Prior to being at Noodle, he was actually at Success Academies, where he led the delivery and integration of solutions for digital learning, content management, project management, help desk support, and communications. He's also had roles at the U.S. House of Representatives, as well as the Federal Emergency Management Agency. He holds a Master's of Public Policy from Georgetown University and a Bachelor's of Arts from the University of Michigan. Alan and I speak on a variety of topics, ranging from the future of data privacy and security, especially around FERPA, best practices around the student experience, whether it's before they enroll or afterwards, as well as the potential implications of emerging technologies like AI and 5G and how that might impact the overall student experience. We hope you enjoy this episode and we look forward to seeing you at both Educause and the Leadership in Higher Ed conferences coming up. Enjoy the episode. Alan, thanks again for joining us today. We're really excited for this conversation. Before we dive in, I, I did give a brief bio, uh, but do you mind just maybe talking a little bit more around specifically your time here at Noodle and yeah, and what you're what you're working on these days? Sure, and and thanks for having me, Vinay. It's a, a pleasure to be on the podcast. I joined Noodle back in 2016, and so at the time, I, I don't think there was more than a dozen of us, if even, and I was. Um, initially hired to do some product development for an analytics tool, like a way to bring the data that we were starting to collect from our first university partner into um, some actionable insights, and also to develop some widgets um, in the learning environment, which at the time we were using uh, Sakai, the open source learning management system. And I was working on both of those projects. And as Noodle started to grow and add uh, more partners, I would often sort of swivel my chair between interacting with the partners on technology integrations, product selection, and then swivel my chair back to talk to third-party vendors. Because at the time we were doing more partnership with other ed tech companies and, and only a, a light amount of building in-house. Um, and so I talked to our university partners, I would talk to our ed tech partners. And as then the our products team continued to grow, I developed and sort of a specialty in our marketing and enrollment and data stack. Um, but I was still bouncing back and forth between our university partners and our ed tech partners. And after maybe 18 months of that, the chief product officer at the time and I decided, along with our other colleague, to sort of divide the world a bit differently. And I spent, I switched to talk to our partners, our university partners full time across the full stack. So including learning and student support and placement. And my colleague then took over management of all the edtech vendors. And so yeah. for a long time, as the company grew, I, I was I was partner facing, introducing uh, the Noodle stack, which is what we were calling it at the time, walking through implementation, 
working out the data integrations, the business process mapping, and ultimately earning sort of the trust and confidence of our university partners around, around technology and around sharing of data, especially, you know, sensitive data about student and student performance. And, you know, continued to do that for several years, built the team, wrote the playbooks. And um, then last summer, as we started shifting from uh, OPM to SSTP, I was able to sort of help us establish a bit of the T, the technology bit in SSTP, and really bring together technology resources from across the company in order to take to market a lot of the technology that we'd been implementing, that we'd been developing um, in the context of delivering OPM services, but now taking that technology, moving it toward a place where you could deploy it without the related service, whether mm -hmm. that related service is our marketing or our learning design, but make that technology available directly to our partners for their use. And then also, while also continuing to improve that technology for our colleagues in the marketing team, enrollment team, learning team, et cetera. Very interesting. And and I, I know we have a, a, some of the topics that we we're going to cover today around privacy and other things. But before we go there, I'd love to just dig in a little more there around, you know, obviously for those of us familiar with the evolution of Noodle, you know, that that evolution of sort of going from being a, like a general contractor metaphor of having a bunch of vendors that we manage to actually internalizing a lot of those capabilities ourselves in order to provide a higher level of quality and ideally drive down costs as well for our partners mm -hmm. was it's a, it was a strategic shift we've made over the last, I would say, four or five years, ever since I've been here, since 2020 at least. Can you maybe speak a little bit more around sort of the potential impact that might have on specifically with regard to the technology? You just mentioned sort of the idea of being able to sell or being able to provide our technology as standalone, which I think is really powerful. How does that sort of maybe line up with what we're seeing in the market today? Is that, is that something that we're starting to see partners want to be able to do things a little bit more on their own and be able to still leverage the tech in a separate, separable way? Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think what's happened, you know, as a result of the pandemic, regulatory change, market change, student preference change, is the whole OPM model is 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 sort of crumbling. And the the schools, the universities and colleges are taking some of those services that would have been provided by an OPM, trying to do them themselves. They're also responding to students who don't really make a distinction between the online and on-campus world as much. They want to be able to take one term online, one term on campus, or or each term has a mix of courses online and on campus. And so the whole, like everything is moving toward a very agile hybrid um, sort of operation. Therefore, it's really hard to segregate out your, your online management services, your online marketing, or your online program enrollment, or your online program learning from the on-campus stuff. Schools don't want it segregated. Students don't want it segregated. And operationally, as schools try to do it themselves, you know, they're going to go through cycles where, where they, where they start moving in that direction, but they feel under-resourced or under capacity. And then, so they'll fail and then they'll need outside help. And John talks about this a lot about the cycle that they're going to go through in terms of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. But one, one bit we know with certainty is that partners won't be able to invest in the robust technology stack that we have. You just can't build that and you really can't license it straight off the shelf either. And just because what we've done and, and developed is so born out of our expertise in program management in higher ed. And so as a school starting out, sure, you can go out and license certain technologies that we also license. But the work that we've done to optimize our tech stack for higher ed 
can't be replicated. Yeah. And so these partners that are trying to do it themselves, they've got you know a million things to figure out in terms of how to scale, uh, how to work efficiently, how to operate the technology, and what they choose to get help on. You know, Noodle can obviously help on all of it, but the technology bit to me is, is a really obvious one for the partner to say, you know what, I really don't have the tools at my disposal to run a highly optimized marketing and enrollment operation or yeah. to have a really highly um, engaging and social learning environment or to be able to do student placements at, at scale um, or to deliver lifelong learning in a distributed and smart way. Yeah, and, and so and I think and yeah. there are definitely examples of that elsewhere in the market too. If you look at like the learning management system, right? No one, no, no universities anymore had their own in-house like, right? Like right. I think the age of, you know, even as of 15, 20 years ago, there were still like people trying to build, like build on Sakai or build on Moodle, their own proprietary, right. university specific LMS. But now everyone is using either Canvas, Blackboard or, or B2L, right? Um, yeah. Just because I think it, it reminds me of this thing that I once heard, you know, technology is a, is a moment of inspiration and a lifetime of maintenance. Uh, <laughs> and it's that yeah. maintenance piece that people under underestimate when they don't know. Yeah what they don't know. And once they start to realize how expensive and how not even necessarily expensive on the, on the balance sheet, but expensive just from like technical expertise, making sure you're keeping up to date, you know, making sure that you're, 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 you're vetting the, the tech at all times from a security standpoint, from a private, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of high risk to doing it yourself as well. That a lot of times people don't appreciate. I think that's a really great sort of segue actually on sort of, you talked about this idea that, in order to create a really great, compelling experience. So let's let's focus on, you know, tech is more than just widgets, right? It's like ultimately it's the it's the it's the thing that it delivers that matters, right? So you talked about this idea, like we we use a lot of off-the-shelf tech here at Moodle, but your team has really sort of been at the forefront of packaging it and tying it together in really sort of thoughtful ways to sort of maximize yeah. the quality of the experience for either a, an applicant or a student either in a learning context or student support context. Do you mind just like maybe digging in a little bit more to the sort of challenges that like a lot of people face there? Like, why is it so hard to do that well? Sure. Well, and, and let me maybe start from the end of or a later stage in the student life cycle and work backwards. Because I think it's sure. most evident in our learning work where, you know, we've, we've gone out, we've licensed what we think are the best in class sort of learning tool, learning tool suite to increase engagement or the ability of peers or peer to instructor connections. Um, and then we've also built some learning tools. And so, you know, we have one tool in development is the, we refer to it as the case study engine that takes the traditional case study and makes it digital, more engaging, offers more sort of branching scenarios, and then offers peers the opportunity to comment on each other's work. And it's, it's a really powerful tool, but if you don't marry it to smart learning design, you know, it, it's just another tool plugged into your learning management system. And so we can, we can train folks on how to take our principles of, of good learning design and apply them in the development of a case study. But you could also just use Noodle's learning designers who are well-trained in the tool already and also well-versed well in um, the pedagogy. And the case study engine, like a lot of our technology investments was sort of, it was informed by the learning design throughout its development. And so it's born out of that expertise. Using the tool on its own, we think there's a market for it. Using the tool with Noodle's learning design, you get the most out of it. In the marketing and enrollment stack, we've built the data pipelines that help enrollment advisors or anyone doing prospect outreach 
understand who to call, how to prioritize outreach within an enrollment funnel. And similarly, that's built on our expertise around what are the markers of a prospect with a high probability of enrolling? How do you track the preferences that an applicant has in terms of communication so that we know whether they should be texted, emailed, called, sent a WhatsApp message? Our team is trained on the techniques. The technology then makes execution of those techniques uh, hyper-efficient and optimized. And so it, analogously, it's like the tech is built to run really optimized. I'm overusing the word optimized, but really optimized no, no, no. experiences and operations. Yeah, no, I mean, what I'm hearing is that the tech itself has been largely informed by the experiences of our people, right? Mm -hmm. And it's our, so like basically what you're, what you're getting through our technology platforms is the expertise or best practices that we've learned over the course of Noodle's history, right? Um, right. And sort of as we learn them sort of manually or, or, or offline or analog, we then sort of figure out ways to sort of then incorporate some of that best practice into the tech itself, right? So that's why it's yep. so hard for somebody off the shelf. You could, you could buy your own Salesforce instance and you can buy your own you know, caller app and you can buy your own drip campaign yeah, like you you could you could get a license to HubSpot or Marketo or or Iterable. You can get a license to Salesforce. Like we're not afraid to to say the tools we use on this podcast, right. for example, right? Because right. because right. it's not it's not about the tools. It's about that. Okay, well, what do you, what is the actual sequence that's tailored to higher ed? That's tailored to this discipline. That's tailored to this type of student or prospect, right? That's going to maximize yep. ROI and you know that sort of stuff and then how do we sort of then over time build that into the product as we get more and more confident that that's the right way to do it yeah well and take, yeah. take for example because in content management so outward facing sites where we market a program we use wordpress very common open source platform for content management but when we refer to our product the engage cms the engage content management system we're talking about all of the plugins we've built and designed and the frameworks that go into the WordPress system that optimize for higher ed. And to connect back to a point earlier about our ability to take risk that institutions might not, the latest developments in our Engage CMS platform have to do with introducing AI bots who are able to intelligently and in natural language answer questions about what's on that marketing site or answer questions about the application process while also learning about the applicant and their preferences. And, and we're building that and able to take advantage of all that's happening in AI in a way that the schools might not be able to for whatever reason, capacity, risk aversion, et cetera. And so you start with WordPress and anybody can get WordPress, but the layers and layers on top of it that come from our learned experience and that also come from our ability to reach into the broader ed tech and tech worlds is what makes the product uh, differentiated and, and really excellent. Yeah. I'd love to like dig in a little more there on a, a specific area, which I think is always top of mind for when it comes to entrusting third parties with in mm -hmm. higher ed, which is like data privacy, FERPA, things of that nature. So how, how should higher education institutions think about that, especially as when they're, I think to your point, ha having to go outside of their own walls to like buy or, or license technology or partner with outside vendors for best practices in tech. Yeah, and what, what I've seen be effective in these, uh, when it comes to universities and colleges 
ensuring that their security standards are being met while also making sure that they're taking advantage of the best products in the market. It's, it comes down to process. And a lot of our partners just have a really well-run process by which they ask us to uh, make some sort of demonstration of our security acumen. Um, there's a lot of tools um, and you know we're going to Educause next week and Educause famously developed the HECVAT higher education cloud vendor assessment tool. And so, you know, depending on what we're deploying, we have um, HECVATs for all of our products, schools pour over our answers. And in addition, in addition to our HECVAT, we also supply sort of all of our security protocol for ISO 27001 certified and we get audited every year. And so we demonstrate to our partners the tremendous steps we're taking to keep data safe and make sure student data is being used in ways that is appropriate with FERPA and that schools can be comfortable with us. And then they, so the process, right? Schools ask us to make some show, HECVAT, documentation, et cetera. They scrutinize it. They then interview us. And at the end of that process, there's a level of trust and comfort that allows us to proceed. And, you know, hats off to the schools that have these well-developed processes because it takes time to make sure you're being really thorough and then can feel confident in saying yes to our data integrations and yes to um, licensing our tools. And then once you get over that hump, then we can really add value uh, to the student experience, the experience of the administrators and, and get rolling. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like, you know, what I'm hearing is treating that process more as a feature, not a bug. You know, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. like, a, you know, it's a good thing that, that higher ed is being as, 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 as scrutinizing as they are and we're you know companies like noodle are, are are prepared to go through that gauntlet of review and you know other vendors need to be too and it's it's important so it's not about minimizing its importance it's, it's about preparing for it but with the end goal in mind which is like ultimately we we we, we get past all those so we can then maximize the experience and, and the, right. the outcomes right maybe let's uh let's uh look ahead so obviously 2023 is the year of AI, right? I think every mm -hmm. single podcast so far, episode that I've done, I've had, I've, I've worked it in, and it hasn't been hard. Let's put it that way right. to work it right. in. Right. There are obviously other tech, other like potentially like watershed technology innovations, like five G and things like that, that are also happening right now. Where are you seeing the greatest potential impact coming from a new tech standpoint that you're excited to work with across your team to incorporate? In, in various areas. You already mentioned AI bots on the marketing side, but are there other examples or other things you all are working on right now? You don't have to get to specifics, anything proprietary, but anything else that you all are working on right now that's exciting to you, that really is sort of getting you all up in the morning, be like, wow, we're working on some really interesting stuff. Yeah, and and I, I should say on AI, we're not thinking about AI as as just one bot in one application, but our, our AI work is across the whole stack and yeah. it's in the in the products that our partners will see, but then it's also under the hood helping our teams to write better code, to do uh, quality assurance uh, much more efficiently and, and much more effectively. And so whether it's the marketing sites and an AI bot that's helping answer questions of prospects or in the enrollment stack, helping um, enrollment advisors know who to reach out to or getting help drafting any of their correspondence or in the learning design, or in the learning support, I should say, providing um, resources for students who need help finding the content 
or in our placement world as we match students to opportunities. Like it's it's everywhere. And and that's exciting because it does feel like there's there's the the pace of development here is is sort of exponential. Like we had this sort of common cultural moment when ChatGPT released of, of, of the light bulbs going off of like, wow, this is the power of this thing. And it just hasn't slowed down since then. You know, the new applications and the new advances just continue to impress. And I'm, and I'm very, you know, I feel very fortunate and, and glad to say that our team is staying on top of those so that we're recognizing the opportunities to bring in AI in any one of our, at any, at any point along the student journey. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's really exciting. Let me, let me call out, I mean, in particular, you know, there's, there's a suite of technology um, that we've packaged as the Noodle Learning Platform that is specifically targeting lifelong learning in higher ed. So campuses offer degrees, offer different credentials. Almost all of them also offer learning opportunities to the broader community, alumni or, or people just who are geographically uh, nearby or, or not necessarily geographically nearby, but folks who want to learn from an institution in smaller chunks to get to that next stage in their career or to uh, potentially maintain their license or credential in, in, in a continuing education aspect. And our Noodle Learning Platform is positioned to help schools find that audience, take that audience and segment it a bit so that you're not mm -hmm. offering the exact same thing to learners who are coming from a corporate partner who are from your alumni base or who are from your existing student community. Bring them in, offer them your content, allow them to engage with it in robust ways, allow them to share with each other that content. And all of this, as we introduce more, artif more artificial intelligence, it helps the schools to build the, a more robust community of learners. And so they'll understand better what those learners are looking for, what about the courses that they've offered allow those learners to succeed and intrigue those learners enough to come back for more courses, and essentially how to continue to build and nurture different communities of learners based on their needs. And, and it's it's really exciting stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because you know, everyone throws out those stats where it's like I think they're like there are 30 million people in the US who have some level of college but no degree for example like the degree completion space right or that number might be even larger actually yeah. but people never we, we then never take the next people don't ever ask the next question well why is it so hard to get those people back into the it's because they're everyone right it's not it's not yeah. like you know a business school it's like oh they took the it's like you get the gmat list or you get you know other like there's like right. very very like strong data points that you could like optimize around in order to get those people into a funnel whereas Adult learning is this, it's the everything, right? It's everybody. It's everybody. Like we're all adult learners. Like all of us are yeah. still taking courses here and there and trying to figure out our next next bundle of skills we want to acquire to remain relevant in a constantly changing world. So yeah, it's super exciting to be able to think about how generative AI can like maybe help us do some of that heavy lifting, right? Of building those communities, yeah. building those pipelines, building experiences for people who maybe have been historically neglected or ignored just because it was really, really hard to engage them. Right. Right. Or and hard, or, hard to know the right program of study that was going to help them right. get to the right. next life goal, whether that was career oh. or, or personal or whatever. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we had to, we had to go after like the big chunks. We couldn't go after like the small long tail. But now maybe we can, right? Yeah. So you're going to be at Educause next week or the week after, right? Is that right? Is that, yeah. Yeah. October. What, I think ninth, right? Or around ninth. that time. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep. So what, what are you what are you most excited about? What what are you looking What are you looking forward to seeing? I, not, I mean, are you taking your expert cap off, like as an attendee <laughs> of Educause? What are you most excited to do when you get there? It, to be honest, I'm I'm really just interested in in sort of physical proximity and and bumping shoulders with so many colleagues. I mean, the, yeah. the cool thing about Educause is it's got such a a broad reach, and so there are a lot of attendees from our existing partners, from past partners, from future partners, and some of these folks, like I I implemented the Noodle Stack with. Uh, you know, five years ago. And then, you know, I maybe saw them at a campus kickoff five years ago. And then I, I have not seen them in the, in the flesh sense. <laughs> right. And um, obviously we had the pandemic and I, I've been a little slower to get back on the, the sort of conference circuit. And so most of all at Educause, I'm just looking forward to, to that face-to-face -face time. And, you know, there's, there's a different conversation you can have face-to-face -face in more casual settings off Zoom. And yeah. that I'm that I'm just really looking forward to, and really looking forward to reconnecting with with so many different individuals from across higher ed who I've only known via email and Zoom. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh it's something we can't really take for granted these days, especially after the pandemic. How I I feel like it's take it you know, 2023 things started to start to go back to an in person world, but it's still taking time. I think for for people yeah. to be able to get to a point where we're that's the norm again. So, well, I I wish you all the best at Educause. I hope you have a great time. I hope you get to meet some some old colleagues and old partners, as well as potentially some new ones. But mm -hmm. uh, Alan, thanks again for your time today. We really appreciate it. And um, yeah, enjoy Educause and, and we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Vinay. Well, that's our time today. We wanna to thank Alan again for his thoughts on the future of tech and its impact on student experience and other parts of, of education. And we're looking forward to seeing you all again at Educause and the Leadership in Higher Ed conferences coming up. Once again, keep an eye out for us. We'll be at both and we look forward to connecting. Thanks again.